Can you imagine waking up on the first day of every single month and checking your bank balance and seeing that there's 10K just dropped in each and every first of the month on complete autopilot? Well, if you get a subscription-based business running, that's exactly what could happen. You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm terribly excited about this episode of the podcast because this is um, covers one of the questions which I get asked the most at Fearless Business. And that question is, is a subscription model suitable for my business? So we're going to explore um, through, uh, you know, several different case studies um, and go through different business models and types and work out whether a subscription model is something which could potentially work for your business or not. Uh, first of all, it's really important to determine um, what are the different ways that you can charge for your business, for your services um, that you know that you're selling currently? Sometimes people kind of go like way too far one way or the other, and I'm a firm believer that you can have a a really solid core product on the front end, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a second. Followed by some kind of membership or subscription model on the back end, and what. If you get the combination of those two right in terms of how they work together, you can create some really remarkable customer lifetime value. And again, I'll explain what I mean by customer lifetime value in a second over the duration, you know, over a longer duration within your business. So first of all, you've got to understand what are the different ways to charge. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I bang on a lot about hourly rate charging, which is just completely um, reprehensible. We don't want any of you charging time for money. You can go and check out any of my other podcast episodes where I talk about hourly rates and things like that. Um, time for money, essentially, you know, hourly rates, your time is scarce. And every hour that you sell, every hour that you get older, your time becomes more and more scarce. And therefore, I don't know about you, but imagine if you got to a point whereby uh, it's the end of your life and you have the last hour of your life available to you if you knew that you were going to die in an hour's time. Okay, this is quite dire. Um, would you actually sell that hour and what would that hour be worth? You know, it might be that you want to leave a lasting legacy for your kids and actually for somebody to spend an hour with you, you'd sell it for like a million pounds or two million or 10 million pounds or something like that. You may not even want to sell it at all. Most people though don't, they forget that you know, time is scarce and only getting scarcer. Um, and so for, for many reasons, like hourly rates just don't work. So what we're going to be looking at here is what sort of pricing models do work for a majority of service client businesses, and especially subscription models and whether they're a good fit for your business. Now, I mentioned a couple of things. I mentioned about a front-end core offer and a back-end subscription model. So what constitutes a front-end offer? So a really simple example of this is something like web design, where the core offer on the front-end would be building, I don't know, a five-page brochure-style website or an e-commerce website for somebody. 
And you might charge a fixed fee for doing that. So a five-page brochure-style website might be a £1,000, say, and the client might pay a deposit for that. They may pay for it all up front. They may pay a bit of a deposit, a bit in the middle, and a bit at the end once you've delivered it. There's several different ways to charge for that. But essentially, it's a one-off fixed fee for delivering a piece of work with you know, clearly defined outcomes or results. That's fairly typical. The back-end offer... So, which is, you know, you could call it the logical next step after somebody has had a website built for themselves might be something like a care plan or hosting or support fees or something like that. And that is typically charged on a, as, as like a, a monthly subscription. It's a monthly fee, which is paid by direct debit. If you can, you could lump all of those direct debits and care plans to all come in on the first of the month using something like, uh, well, there's two payment tools, which I would recommend either go cardless, which is a direct debiting tool. And it means that you're in control of the payment as the service provider client sets up their direct debit mandate, you take payments on a specific day, job done, you get an email notification if that payment fails. Uh, There's very little admin involved. It plays really nicely with things like Xero or QuickBooks or FreeAgent, whichever accounting package you use um, and tallies everything up for you. The other option which you could use in order to take a subscription uh, payment from somebody, if they don't want to set up a direct debit, you could do a card payment, uh, which allows you, it does open you up then to be able to take credit card um, payments as well. Don't know why somebody would want to pay a subscription on a credit card. Maybe they want to get air miles or something like that or points back or cash back. I don't know, but some people do. Um, but you'd probably use a, um, an app called Stripe for that where you can set up subscriptions um, and take, and it might be that if maybe if those payments vary, then you can use either GoCardless or Stripe to take those irregular payments as well as one-off payments once you've collected their payment information. So that's that's the difference really between a front-end and a back-end offer, a core product and a, a some kind of subscription or membership. Um, and also, I've given you two tools there, GoCardless and Stripe, which you can use to take those payments. Now, here's where the interesting thing comes in around, um, I mentioned about customer lifetime value. So why is customer lifetime value important? Well, it costs 17 times more to attract a new client into your business as it does to sell another product to the same customer once they're in your business. And also that means they're 17 times more likely to buy something once they've already bought from you. So if you're selling websites, it's a logical next step for them to say, like, yes, with very little friction to something like an ongoing care plan. What I've noticed though, is that quite often, remarkable, like customer lifetime value, provided you provide a good service um, once somebody's bought your initial core core offer, um, the customer lifetime value is actually where you make the most amount of money in the transaction. So if we were to take, for example, well, imagine if you had, say, a £1,000 website build for somebody, just a brochure-style website, and then you charge them £50 a month thereafter for the Um, care plan. Now, when I used to run my agency back in the day, we used to have clients who would be there from like day, day zero for, you know, we had a couple of clients who stayed right the way through the 12 years we ran that agency. So imagine collecting, let's round numbers to make it simple, but imagine collecting 10 years worth of 50 pounds over the, over the lifetime of that client, you know, being, being with your business. Well, ten. You, what you've got is um, uh, 12 months times by 50, which is 600 pounds, times by the 10 years. So that's six grand, which you will have collected over the, over the lifetime of that, that customer being on board with you. Many of our clients used to stay for years. Not all of them would stay for 10 years, but many of them would stay for years, year after year after year. 
So you've got £1,000 for your front-end offer, and you've collect, but you've collected £6,000 on the back-end subscription sort of membership offer. So in total, you've got £7,000 worth of customer lifetime value built up there. But a majority of it is on that back-end subscription model business, which tells me... And actually, you know, especially with those care plans, because we did, well, I like to think we did an exceptional job of looking after the customers. We had very little downtime. They you know, required very little updates once the site was up and running. They might occasionally require a redesign or something like that. But month to month, we probably wouldn't hear from most of those clients. So that money was what we call, rel- I hate using the P word, but relatively passive in many respects, because there wasn't a huge amount of additional support work that we had to do for that. So um, it, in many respects, it was much more profitable to want to collect as many lots of £50 a month as we could. And actually, that's what we did. It, it created an incredibly sustainable business, sustainable income for our business, sorry, I should say. So this is where we move on to the pros and cons of having a subscription model within your business. Because there are there's an upside, to which some of which I've already explained around having uh, customers signed up to some kind of a subscription. There's also some downsides as well, which I'll run through. So in terms of the pros um, for, for running a subscription model business. So the key thing is that you do get that regular sustainable income. It's relatively passive if you set it up in the right way. If you're good at what you do, um, you may not hear from your clients from one month to the next. They just continue to receive a great service. You know, if you look at most of the big providers out there, the Netflixes, the EEs of the world, the Sky TVs of the world, like you you sign up to your subscription and then you you stick with it for years, right? So what you end up with if, if you get a subscription model business right is this regular sustainable income. So that's the first one, which is the best thing because the money just drops into your bank account on the first of every single month, means that all of your bills, overheads, your staff, all of those those um, expenses, they're all paid for out, out of those subscriptions. And then any extra money which you make on top of that is then a bonus, right? And it could be that you, you know, I know some business owners that have got to 5K, 8K, 10K's worth of, you know, subscriptions within their business, and then they don't take on any more clients. They've got no front end, no more front end work to do, which means that they end up with a lot more freedom within their business. It might ultimately not be as scalable as they'd wanted, um, but they've got the freedom and flexibility and the money coming in. So, that's one major benefit of it. The second thing as well as uh, of having a subscription model business, which is really, really good, and you, you provide a great quality service, is that you end up with a, a base, a community of raving fans. You create this tribe of people who love what you do. And whenever somebody says, who's your web designer, who's your coach, who's your whatever, you are the one which they recommend. And referrals into a subscription model business are the best possible form of marketing because essentially they're free. Now, one of the things we always used to do was um, we we had a, um, a referral system in place so that if somebody did refer a new client into our business, we would pay them for the upfront fees. We'd also pay them a percentage of the um, the fees for the first year that they um, took on our hosting plans as well. And as, as a result of that, we, you know, a majority, probably about 50% of our business during the agency days came from referrals. 50% of our business in fearless business now comes from referrals because we've built this thriving community of raving fans who just go out and, and um, they're advocates of ours. They, they tell everybody about how amazing fearless business is. So that's it, just a couple of ideas around the upsides of it, but there are some downsides. So over time, you will get some kind of churn within the business. So churn is when a client effectively leaves your business and goes elsewhere. And um, but in in fearless business, we operate um, our churn rate is about five percent, which 
probably probably is fairly um, typical of most sort of service client businesses out there. But the, a churn rate of 5% means that over any over the course of any one year, about 5% of your clients will either leave um, or they'll renege on payments. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll pivot and, or go out of business or something like that. So all we do is in our profit and loss account, it's, it, immediately that we invoice something, we kind of write off 5% of the value of that invoice just for churn. And so what, what we do is we either save that 5% and put it in a pot you know, a kitty, rainy day fund, just in case, you know, we do get um, anybody leaving. Um, but at least it's there and it's taken care of. And what you need to be doing is you do need to be monitoring and measuring what that churn rate is. Because if that starts to creep over 5%, then something's definitely going wrong. You need to do something about it. So we're always monitoring that churn rate. The second um, issue which churn creates is admin. So, um, you know, when you're onboarding a new client onto a subscription model, you have to set up their payments, whether that's through GoCardless or Stripe. You have to set up the recurring invoice on um, Zero or wherever the, the QuickBooks is. Whenever a, new, whenever a payment comes in, you've then got to reconcile that. So you've got some bookkeeping costs. When a client leaves, there's some offboarding. You've got contracts, which you've got to get signed. There, there's, there, it might be that if you offer some kind of support plan, you've got to keep in touch with the client. So you have to keep on top of that admin, like subscription model are great, but they do produce quite a lot of admin. The other downside of a purely subscription model or membership-based business is that its growth can be particularly slow. So, you know, getting like 50 pounds, 50 pounds, 50 pounds, 50 pounds, and building up can take months or even several years before you hit those milestones of five or 10K a month in terms of that sustainable recurring revenue. But if you're patient, you can accept that growth is going to be slow, but you will get there in the end. The other thing we've noticed as well is that um, in order to grow a, sub a successful subscription model for your business, you do need quite a large audience in 2021, 2022, when you're marketing your business. So you need large audiences in order to funnel them down and get them enrolled and on board with your subscription business. Um, you know, I see too many people who want to go for this sort of passive income lifestyle business and like they get the first sort of 5, 10, 15, 20 people through the door into their subscription model and they're like, ah, right, now I've got to do marketing um, because they didn't have the audiences there in the first place. So it's a bit chicken and egg, which do you do first? At least then if you've got some revenue coming in, you can then spend some of that on marketing and you can, you can grow that way. Um, but you have to be wary. You do need quite large audiences in order to get people because again, eventually churn will start to, people will leave and then people got coming. So it's like eight steps forward, six steps back and it's all just a bit higgledy-piggledy. But if you've got larger audiences, subscription model is going to be great for you. The other thing as well to remember is that in a subscription model business, your cash flow is going to be spaced out. And this is why it's use, it's really helpful to have a front-end offer and a back-end offer complementing each other. So where I talked about, for example, having a... Um, well, you could do... Let's think about the coaching side of things, for example. Um, you know, we have it... Uh, set up so it's a fixed fee for the program but we do an enrollment fee followed by 12 installments to pay down the money so we have this um, upfront fee which brings cash flow through the business and then we have that recurring sort of subscription model business on the back end where we know that we're getting some sort of regular cash coming through same as having a website for a thousand pounds and then 50 pound a month for support and hosting there and, and, and as a care plan thereafter 
And what you can do is you can build an incredibly sustainable business if you get that that mix of your products right. So if you have a, a good good um, front end offer, which kind of keeps the cash coming in through the door, whilst you're then building up um, a, a group of um, really happy subscribers, where you're able to deliver them remarkable value, um, then you've you've got the the best of both worlds. Um, you've got cash coming in the front end, and then eventually you've got a sustainable cash flow coming out of the back end. But it's worth remembering that in terms of your your financial goals for your business that cash flow process is going to be quite spread out if you if you don't have a front end offer it's going to take you a lot of, a long time to recoup cash back into the business so say for example if it costs you 150 pounds to acquire each new client and your monthly subscription is 50 pound a month well it's going to be 3 months before you're in profit Okay, and and over those during those three months where you've had to acquire those clients, um, you will have had to have spent out money not just on marketing but on other overheads, expenses, and your salary. So that's just something to bear in mind. So it's sometimes it is better to try and find a way to have this front end offer that's you know a bit of a hyperinflated sort of price point that then feeds people into a subscription model. So that's just something to bear in mind. I hope, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, just giving you a bit of an introduction into um, the thought process around building a subscription model for your business. Uh, if you want to know more, then just hit me up, go to fearless.biz forward slash app. So that's uh, fearless.biz forward slash app, all lowercase. Um, and you can actually book a 30 minute call whether, uh, where we'll actually, you and I will go through um, working out if a subscription model is possible for your business and how you might go about doing that and creating some sustainable revenue for yourself in a relatively, I say relatively passive sort of way. I hate the P word, the passive word, but um, if you do it right, it can be it can be relatively passive in terms of not having to enroll new clients. You just got revenue coming through each and every month. So there you go. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode as well, don't forget to go and leave us a review on iTunes. It just helps other people to find the podcast and i shall look forward to catching up with you on the next episode Bye.